Hello there. You have stumbled upon the Terribly Vexed podcast. The fellas have been expecting you. Please prepare to have your mind blown squarely out of your ass. Be sure to set your motherfucker to receive. Enjoy the show. Me? I'm definitely doing it. Otherwise, I'm just going to do the exact same thing I do every time. All right. All right. I'm Which assuming. is, uh, you know, I can have you one here if you want one. I can go ahead and do one. But you don't have to use it. All right. Welcome back to the Terribly Vex podcast. See? I'm going to go different. Please. Yeah. I'm going to go. Should we think this through it's before? The ter- I'm going to go. It's the Terribly Vex podcast. Welcome back. I'm Justin Perleone. I'm Josh. I thought that was pretty good. And that's all you need to know. Let's go with that. Yeah. I'm going to stop using our last names. No need. It's in the uh, cover art. It is? Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. It's on the website. It's on something. I've removed it from everything else. The Twitter, the Instagram. Yeah, they say never put your last name on the internet. Remember those days? I got, yeah. I got yelled at as a youngster. You want to use an alias? Yeah. A lot of people on Twitter use aliases when they're uh, dealing with sensitive subject matter that they're posting, so it's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. I told you about, which I don't think I mentioned here, uh, which I'll just go ahead and do real quick. I posted something about Meyer Lansky on Twitter mm-hmm. when I was going through those JFK files, and his grandson responded to my Twitter post. Wow. <laughs> something about his, something about his stepmom or his mother was solicited by the FBI to be an informant to report on Meyer Lansky. Meyer Lansky was a mob boss. I hashtagged it, and then the next thing you know, within a few days, his grandson responded, eh, I don't know if you would say, he wasn't, he wasn't implying that I was being a prick by saying that, like he wasn't trying to like, you know, yeah. hey, take this shit down. But he was like, you know, letting me know that his whoever it was, his aunt or his mother, whatever, uh, would never have been an informant for the FBI. So she ain't I, no rat. I respectfully uh, <laughs> let him know yeah. that, uh, I'm sorry about that. I was just pointing it out. I wasn't trying to be a, uh, you know, a prick. Right. <laughs> I was just saying right. that I found a document that said that, uh, you know, they were trying to, to use her as an informant. Sorry. But he did respond, so you got something out of it at least. Is it was it a DM? Did he slide into your DMs, or did he no? He publicly just respond? commented on the post. Okay. Yeah, and then oh, I was cool. like, "Hey, uh, sorry about that, fella. I'm not trying to say that." And it was on the terribly vexed. No, it was actually it's on my personal one. Which oh, is okay. Under yeah, that's right. Alias, know. nonetheless. Yeah. What but, is it? Oh, almost got you to say uh-huh. it. Well, maybe you should. Message him, see if he wants to come on. Mob boss grandson. Right. That'd be cool. How old is he now, though? Nah. Uh, nah. Yeah. <laughs> no? I was do that at a uh, off-site location. I wouldn't want him here. I don't know. I'm guessing 40s or 50s, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well. He looked, uh, you know, middle-aged. All right. In his uh, profile picture. When I saw that uh, somebody by the name Lansky had replied, I was like, who's this jackass? I'll edit that out. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, Just I, this saved was your before, life. This was before I knew it was actually somebody from the family. Then when I went to his profile, I saw all of the stuff talking about, you know, the actual family right, and he's right. working for some sort of 
it looked like some sort of a Las Vegas Meyer Lansky museum or something like that. Oh, they're going to say like a cement you know, yeah, or no. waste management no, no, company no. or something. He's, he is uh, a caretaker of the family, you know, and I hashtagged yeah. it, so that's what led him to it in the first place. I got you. Oh, and it was, caretaker of the family. Yeah, and it was fresh after the release of those JFK files. <laughs> so yeah, I guess he must have been looking to see if anything new had popped up on Twitter because a lot of stuff will pop up on Twitter. You won't see anywhere else, you know, so yeah. Anyway. Well, speaking of Twitter, I saw something on Twitter this morning that really irked me. I think it might irk you as well. If we're going to just want to jump right in, do you have anything to say about the podcast or anything? Or do you just want to jump right into the dirty 30, funny 20, lean 15? Yeah, we can jump right into it. Check this out. Are you familiar with the works, the author, Rowled Dahl? Yep. Did you see that article about him getting, they hired, quote, sensitivity readers to go through some of his work and they censored it and they changed it for future what, like publications. His, his, his paintings? No. Was he a painter? No, he wrote James the Giant Peach, oh, I believe. I am not familiar I mean, Matilda. I know that, but I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, he wrote another one called The Witches, and I guess that was a big one that they changed. The Witches was, uh, wasn't that a movie? Did they yep. turn that into a movie? Yeah, yep. recently, right? Well, there's a newer one, then there's like one in the 80s. Oh, I've okay. seen that one when I was little. Well, there was a, there's a newer one. Guillermo del Toro co-wrote the script with, you know, I think Zemeckis directed it. I just looked at it this morning, but I saved a little snippet of something that they changed. Would you like to hear it? This is something someone has complained about. Is that what you're saying? This, the the publisher hired sensitivity readers to make it more inclusive for everybody so they can enjoy it. They took out words instead of, he wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory too. And you know, like Augustus Gloop, yeah. he was described as enormously fat in the book. But what, there's in this new version, it says enormous. The word fat has been removed. Yeah. Yeah. The Oompa Loompas, they were little men. Now they're little people. You know, you can't, you got to have, you know, I see. genderless. Yeah. But check this out. I just thought this was interesting. I'm going to get your thoughts on this. All right. This is from the 2001 edition of The Witches. You ready? This is just a little quote. Okay. Don't be foolish, my grandmother said. You can't go around pulling the hair of every lady you meet, even if she is wearing gloves. Just you try it and see what happens. All right? That seems right. to be okay with me. Okay. Now, this but, is... You know, I'm I'm pretty archaic in my... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here's the new version. Pretty after, antiquated. <laughs> this is what the sensitivity readers thought would be better. Don't be foolish, my grandmother said, besides, there are plenty of other reasons why women might wear wigs, and there is certainly nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's laughable. How dumb is that? That's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's happening. to. It's, it's getting into literature. Isn't that a sign of bad things when they start changing shit like that? When you start book burning, yeah. Uh, yeah. Generally, things yeah. bad things happen after that. So. At least that's what history tells us. Yeah, I don't know if we want to look at history and see what you can't learn anything from that. The past, <laughs> the past. <laughs> what you can learn from that, right? Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I saw that this morning, and it just got me thinking. You know, what's next? What's next? 
Yeah. UFOs getting shot down. This is happening. Ukraine's still going on. Just saw there's a documentary on Zelensky. Oh yeah, that's uh, you. You mentioned that to me. Yeah. This morning or yesterday? Yesterday, I saw or that text. Yeah. It's a documentary. What is Sean it? Penn's doing it. Of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I guess he says it is a biased documentary, and he's proud of the fact that it's a something like that. I don't know. Well, you know, you see the uh, celebrity types. They always sort of attach themselves to, uh, you know, little uh, movements and things that they, you know. Mm -hmm. I love seeing uh, Leonardo DiCaprio talk about, like, uh, climate change or global uh, warming, which I guess they've changed the the naming on that. Right. To just, you know, climate change. Yeah. And he's partying on giant, massive yachts. And, uh, you know. Oh, he gets to do that, though, right? He gets to. He wants to be like Jack. Bang Jack the Nick. 19-year-olds and yeah. party on yachts. It's okay because he's delivering the message. I think I think that's perfectly fine. I'm at more power to him, right. I think, you know. But you can sort of put the uh, Ukraine thing in there though with it, right? Because like Sean Penn's over there beating on the drum for Ukraine, right? Yeah. And whatever it is that they need. It's like I said, didn't I tell you that about the uh, our pen, our money's going to be going to the pensions now of people over there? Yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> Does that make and that's, you feel? That's you real? don't have a pension. I don't have a pension. That's real, though? A pension is a secured uh, retirement, right? What, what we're getting now in the U.S. is uh, like 401Ks, the casino. Your money's getting thrown into the casino, and it fluctuates with the market. So if the market drops out, you can lose, let's say, $100,000 if you've got a large 401K, right? Yeah. It's, it's, I don't have one myself. <laughs> of any that's of any right. worth really i don't either i don't either i just opened one this past the pensions are going away pensions are, have disappeared with a lot of companies right so what what this is, is what what's the difference between a pension and a 401k well a pension is like it's and it's an assured amount of money that you're going to get you match the company and the company matches you know what you're putting in right after so many years like yeah and you and, and you, you you will have that money as a retirement. Right. Whereas a 401k is dependent upon the market. The system. The casino. Right. Which is the problem. This is why everybody like, uh, you know, guys at work and stuff are always watching the market. They're like, oh, it's down, it's down, it's down. And you see people like, I just lost 100000 or I lost 80000 It's because their only retirement is in a 401k. And so now apparently our tax dollars are going to fund somebody else's pensions. According to what he was saying in that speech. Biden. Yeah. Which, again, I don't believe he's actually in control of anything. He's an 80-year-old dude who's clearly got, you know, dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that. But, But, you know, if you mention that, because I mentioned that, you know, there's some funny moments of him stuttering, falling off a bike. And I mentioned he seems like a doddering old fool. And then you get pegged as an ultra-right wing. You can't just observe and just say something you become <laughs> attached to a side all of a sudden observed yeah like yeah. i'm just looking at him with my eyes yeah. and listening to him with my ears yeah and watching him in in uh footage walk across the lawn yeah like you know and i'm seeing that this is and he is an 80 year old man and what other positions do we put in you know normally yeah. you've long retired by 80 i don't understand the assuming whole... the president actually had any decision-making power which i don't believe that right well he's believe the, they've had for at least 100 years but he's the front man for the country and it's embarrassing it's he's, yeah he's he you know he represents us all 
supposedly. And again, I don't give a shit about Trump. He's embarrassing to the whole thing. Yeah. I don't believe in presidents, first off. Let's just start there. I don't believe in presidents. They're not calling the shots. Yeah. Trump is entertaining, though. You got to admit that. Well, it's his job. Exactly. His but, job's always been to enter, entertain. You know, he's a he's a front man. Yeah, and lots of mob connections too. Same as his old man, old Fred Trump. A lot of uh, you're not bodies. in real estate in New York unless you're hooked up with the mob. A lot of bodies in that in those foundations. Cement. Mob. I'm sure. Yep. What were we talking about though? Biden and the pensions. Yeah, that was just one of the things that was given a talk. Yeah, just seems like we need to. I think I, I a few days ago, I guess, ranted about this in text form to you that we just need to mind our own business sometimes. There's no money in that. Just that's true, but I just I don't know. I just feel like we could make this place so great. You know? <laughs> yeah, we don't. Not, to, not that it's not great now, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, what do you think uh, with the Ohio thing, with the train, train derailment? Was that like uh, just incompetence and infrastructure failure, or was that intentional? Just going back to like what our own money could be going towards, like helping yeah. a town full of people that were, you know, recently screwed over. Well, I mean, was uh, I've read that the uh, Norfolk, is it Norfolk Southern? Norfolk Southern, yes. Has like a lot of powerful lobbying, lobbying power in Washington, so... Could this, uh, where they blew the train up, could that have been some sort of like um, a cover-up to cover up any sort of failure on their part? I mean, I've just, these are various theories I've seen. Yeah, it just seems, though, like you'd pick a different train to do that with, you know, something that's really... I'm saying, like, what if something mechanically went wrong? Right. And then, instead of trying to put the fire out and... Oh, uh, I hear you. You're not saying... There was an intentional... Oh, let's just burn everything off since we can't do anything about it. Let's just burn it off. Yeah. And then set everything ablaze, which will essentially cover up any possible wrongdoing on their part. Let's say, for example, the company was trying to cut corners or the rail system itself wasn't, uh, you know, in good shape. Yeah. Which I, I heard was a big part. It was a big problem. Well, it was already. Mean, we're always talking about our infrastructure. You can, you know. Bridges, uh, when there's a the that bridge over in Memphis, what like last year, the year before, or something, yeah, like yeah. it had completely cracked. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say our infrastructure is in bad shape. Yeah, and then um, you and then you watch like the, uh, you know, all that stuff. Every time you see like a building collapse or something, that's non earthquake related or anything, it's always like over there in, you know, China. Somewhere where there's no like the coding Tur- or anything like Turkey, that. Turkey, like the earthquake. Well, yeah, that's a different story, though. Which it's I guess some story. of those should not have fallen, though, according to from what I've been hearing. Some of those buildings shouldn't have yeah, fallen? Yeah, they should not have. And they, they're arresting people. One guy got caught at the airport trying to flee the country. He just got arrested at the airport. Well, oh, got him. What guy? One of the architects or coding oh, guys. or an engineer uh, or something. Engineer, something, yeah. But he was like one of the guy head guys of whatever company and then... Well, I don't know. I look at this, you know a lot of those buildings that I've seen, and we've all seen, you know, a lot of the footage from the earthquake, and like, uh, I didn't see lots of like I beams and stuff. I, it's yeah. masonry, and you know, that stuff's not going to hold up when you got like a what was it, almost an eight earthquake yeah. or something. It's a big boy, and then lots I'm of bad. aftershocks. Of course, I've also seen the conspiracy theories where people are like, this was some sort of, 
you know, government-funded project, you know, look what uh, coincides with this particular earthquake as it were happening over there, you know? Yeah, everything is, though. I don't know know if I can necessarily jump on that bandwagon just yet, but, uh, you know, it was was pretty, uh, pretty horrible from everything that I've seen. Yeah, some of those pictures are from over there, like the just the, the the chasms that have been opened up. It's like something from a, a movie. It's ridiculous, and it's it is kind of scary just thinking that could happen anywhere. Really, you know what I mean? Right here, I can't think of anything in the in our in our lifetime that's happened like that in Turkey. That yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah, I heard that. Uh, well, actually, I saw the video of it. There was a landslide caused by that. And there was a whole lake there, and it just, the video, it just shows the lake getting swallowed. The water's gone. Disappears. It just opened up. Within 30 seconds, a lake is gone. That's a little scary. Yeah. I don't like it. There's a lake right here. (laughs) It's right there, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, scary stuff. Earth can swallow it up like Mm -hmm. that, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Was that George Carlin said, it'll shake us off like a bad case of fleas? If it wanted to, the earth could, yeah. We're not hurting the earth all that much. We're hurting ourselves. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely doing damage, but. Yeah. But the earth will be around. It ain't going anywhere. It will be here. Yes. We won't. We will not be. (laughs) Which is the best thing for it, really. Yeah. Do cause some problems. Uh, The balloons. Just not that we want to go into that whole stupid shit but uh the balloon situation that happened what last week week before last yeah yeah for a couple weeks now started with that chinese spy balloon and the next thing you know we're blowing five four five other ones is that what's happening yeah somewhere in there between sent, three and five i think is what yeah the, then but, i sent you that the <laughs> but they just they were like uh now saying that they were basically guessing they were probably private industry yeah and and just uh possibly weather balloons or some sort of scientific research balloon who knows what it could have been uh used for i guess yeah Um, but it's amazing to see the hysteria that gets created around nothing right and then i watched so many videos when they shot the first one down over south carolina did you watch any of those videos where people were videoing it from their phones yeah it's so embarrassing it's so the people you mean fucking embarrassing to watch people respond to that like we had just actually done something. Yeah, that, I remember the one you sent me. The guy's like America, baby, or something. Whatever he's Woo! Yeah, I'm God. sorry, it just popped right it's there. It's all right. I'll turn it down. Jeez, that is just so embarrassing. I blasted out. You redlined it. it. <laughs> I should have backed off when yeah. I did that. Huh? That's all right. Next time I will. But uh, and there will be a next time. Yeah, at the end of every episode, just end it. Woo! There you go. Oh my gosh, that they, it just, uh, I have to be reminded, so I have to watch videos like that, that there are people that stupid yep. that think yep. that's an accomplishment and seem to be taking uh, our government's word for what those things actually are and who gives a shit anyway, like it's a Chinese spy balloon, like people have never heard of actual satellites and things like that. Yeah. You see the one that had the lasers, like the green lasers coming down from it? What a balloon or a, a balloon or whatever one of those things. It was like in Jake, my brother sent it to me. I want to say it was over Colorado somewhere, but it was like green, like four lasers, to just like it was mapping the terrain. That's what everybody's saying. So 
satellites. I mean, I can go on Google Earth and look at nuclear dis- yeah. waste disposal sites. Yeah. I've posted pictures yeah. of that on our Instagram. What else can you, I mean, possibly gain from sending a balloon over that you couldn't get from a satellite yeah. that passes over all the time? That they that nobody can do anything. Here's the thing. We're spying on them. They're spying on us. We're spying on Russia. Russia's spying yeah. on everybody's spying on everybody. Yeah. The balloons are hitting each other up there, probably. We can't even trust our own intelligence agencies, our own agencies not spying on each other and trusting and working with each other. So I don't know what the hell everybody's complaining and worried about. Everybody's spying on everybody. Companies are spying on companies. Yeah. Uh nobody can be trusted. It's that simple, people. Nobody can be trusted. I was thinking, I wonder if perhaps it's almost like some kind of new technology just got invented and was used, and then they're like, holy shit, there's like five of them right here, right now. Like They could finally see them, and they just took them all out. That was one of my little, just my little thoughts. Like a- You know, some kind of a new- Klingon cloaking device? Yes, exactly. (laughs) I I would say- uh, they're just being sent everywhere all the time. Yeah. And but, it's probably absolutely nothing anyway. I mean, we do right. have weather balloons, so. Right, right. But just the, the how fast that all happened. It happened it fast, was, but then the hysteria was really like the, the thing that got like the UFO thing sort of got affixed to it there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, everybody, but they're fucking with you all the time. So whatever the n- mainstream news is saying, the don't lamestream li- media. Listen to us. Don't listen to them. Fuck them. We have your best interests in mind. We're one of you. <laughs> Nobody. We're not making any money off this. Nope. And uh, we have no sponsors. We have nothing. So we have no motivation to lie. You have nothing to lose, is what you're saying. Nothing to lose. Exactly, babe. And, <laughs> and that's that. I'm going to leave it at that. I mean. All right. Balloons. Uh, earthquake. Train. We got it covered. Super Bowl. Did you watch Super Bowl? No. Yeah, I didn't either. Not a second of it. I don't care about team sports. Yeah, I don't either, really. XFL just started. The hell's that? The Rocks. What is that? The Rocks. Uh, what is that? Fo- <laughs> football League. <laughs> I don't give a shit about sports. And you know what? I'm going to post a little thing on our Instagram. There's a couple people who have talked about sports, about uh, the importance of sports um, in people's lives, certain people, team sports. Didn't used to be like that. And I'm just going to put this little bug in people's ear, you know, so they can listen to, uh, okay, one of the guys is uh, Bill Cooper, which if you're in the conspiracy world, you'll know who William Cooper is, whatever. He was a bit of a nut. Some would say he perhaps, you know, made some sort of outlandish claims. Uh, he had a like a radio show. Yeah. Very much like Art Bell had a radio okay. show, except he was uh, killed by like the FBI or something or the ATF or whichever agency it was for uh, tax evasion. You stop paying the taxes. You stop paying your taxes. They come after you. That's the one they always do seem to care about most. At least that's the one that. You know, was Mm -hmm. mostly attributed to the reason why he was killed because they showed up at his house. He started shooting. He killed one of the agents and then they killed him. This happened in like, uh, I think in 2001 was when he died. I could be wrong. Anyway, uh, 
which the 2001 thing, he's actually one of his broadcasts, he predicted, and I may have mentioned this to you before, he predicted, uh, I use that term loosely, predicted uh, 9-11 in like a broadcast. I think it was in the same year, June of that year. He said they were going to, there was going to be some sort of attack and they were going to use Osama bin Laden as the, you know, scapegoat. Hmm. And sure as shit, it happened. So there is that. Yeah. He's kind of uh, somewhat, he's famous before that, but then he was sort of, you know, famous afterwards for making that prediction and it coming true. But anyway, he talks about in one of his interviews, uh, the way, you know, they pay athletes so much money. And of course, this would have been in the 90s, I think, when this interview took place. But he was talking about, uh, you know, at the time, he was like, can you believe they're paying an athlete $2 million, you know? Yeah. Again, this many years ago. No, that's nothing. Yeah, it's you get a contract for $100 million. Oh, yeah. Uh, but so he's talking about it, and there's other, this other guy, but he makes a good point. And the point, coming around the long way to this, is that he equates it to the Roman circus, okay? Like, what do you do when the people get restive and they're asking questions and they don't like the decisions that the emperor is making? Yeah. You create a circus for them to be entertained. And that's essentially what uh, he suggests that uh, modern athletics has turned into. It's something for, the, for people to just latch on to. There's also the theory that, you know, modern man doesn't have any sort of real outlet. Right. He, he has no power anymore. That's one theory goes another way with another guy that I may post a little piece of that interview uh, on our Instagram, which, by the way, follow us there. There's always some fun stuff I like to put up there. At Terribly Vex Podcast. There you go. And uh, so it's the Roman Circus, and I think he makes a good point there, Justin. That's a very good point. It's just entertainment. It's just... It's pointless, mindless. Yeah. I know some people, they'll go unnamed. Uh, just name them. They'll talk about knowing how many sacks a guy has got in a season. Yeah. Can you imagine wasting so much of your time on knowing something so pointless? It just blows my mind that people spend their lives uh, ingesting these pointless statistics. I know. And worshiping these fucking morons. It's crazy. But, you know, some people may say the same about everything we're talking about. Which is real shit in the real world that you should know. Well... And that would be my argument. Like if, like George Carlin said, if some, if, if if a if a populace, if a citizenry was well informed and knew things, they'd do something about them. But to keep people stupid and entertained and dumbed down, sports and giving a shit about like numbers of sacks, uh, you ain't got to worry about them because they're fucking stupid. Yeah. And you can do whatever you want to them. You can take their money. You can impose draconian rules on them. All right, baby, I'm getting warmed up. <laughs> Talk about the number of sacks. <laughs> right. I had a good line in my head. Uh, but really... I'm telling you these things and you're thinking of a quip. Yeah, but isn't really the point of sports to have fun? Isn't that what it's about at the end of the day? I as mean, long as they have fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad people... There are lots of people that enjoy team sports yeah i am glad because that means there's less people uh out doing other things that i may be doing yeah so they're not near me part of me wishes i did enjoy it though like i really 
Th- it would be fun, I think. You want to be plugged back into the Matrix, man? I think it would be nice to go to work, listen to WIMZ, John Boy and Billy, <laughs> and think that's funny entertainment. I wish I had that. Uh, I know it's yeah. uh, it's almost like uh, you know having the uh, sort of the, the the artsy thing. Like it's really just it's more frustrating than it is anything. Like if you, for example, were a writer, right? I mean, these are these are tortured souls, man. There's a reason they're alcoholics, <laughs> opium <laughs> addicts. Oh, I know. Yeah. If you could just go to work and then give a shit about the Super Bowl, that's your big like. You yeah. Care about the players. Yeah. It's got to be a, a pretty kick-ass existence, I would think. Yeah. But I think so. When you spend your time diving into parapolitics and history and things like that, you know, when you've got another calling, I guess. Yeah. Make a podcast and. Share real things from the real world right. with people. With the world. With the world. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not for everybody. But he's funny in that interview. I'll I'll post it on the old Instagram. What's there. his name again? It's Bill Cooper. You never heard of William Bill Cooper? Bill Cooper. Yeah, William Cooper. He wrote a book called Behold a Pale Horse. Uh, and it gets pretty sounds wacky. Familiar. It gets pretty wacky. But okay. in that uh, a lot of people theorize he may have coded things in there, you know, to hide underlying messages. Uh, I've occasionally listened to his old radio program, but, and I've gone through the book and like I said, it does get a little, little wacky, but uh, most of the time he was just talking about what you would call today deep politics or something like that. Intelligence agencies, yeah, all of the corruption and whatnot. Anyway, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's, that's your cue. To, yeah, I've All run right. my mouth for long enough here. Uh, well, you know, odds. You know what's funny? We just hit the thirty, so this is this has been a dirty thirty. All right. You just want to uh, move on into the the meat, the meat of this episode, right? So, if you've uh, you know found us today. The whole point of this uh, episode was going to be that we're talking about the uh, sort of trying to unravel, I guess you could say, uh, the mysterious death of Edgar Allan Poe, which has nothing to do with what we were talking about. Nope. Nope. But um, I guess we could, uh, yeah. (laughs) All right. I don't know how you want to transition. That's what I'm thinking. I think we should take a little break ski. Upping our production value. Yeah, you know, because we just, we have a, you know, like what what just happened? We were talking then, well, all right then. What if we go to a nice smooth break with something entertaining to listen to for 20 seconds tops? And, and then, then we, we'll be right back. And then we and come we'll... back. We'll take a piss. You know, we'll, God knows what we'll do. It'll, for us, we might, we might be back next week for all we know. <laughs> In real time. Yeah. But for you guys, it'll be 10 seconds, 20 times. And then we'll be back with the mysterious death of Edgar Allan Poe. All right, and we're back. Edgar Allan Poe. Attempting to unravel the mysterious death of Edgar Allan Poe. What we're not going to be doing is going into his full life and times and biography of Mr. Poe. No, on, it feels unnecessary. 
we're going to be focusing just on his death. Yeah. His mysterious death. He left us with his a final mystery, as they say. <laughs> yeah, and so like uh, originally... I was looking, uh, you know, through like Apple Podcasts to see if there were any other podcasts that covered this subject. Yeah. I think I told you like the first time I looked, I saw one. I don't know what the hell I changed in my search, my queue when I was looking, you know, or whatever. But then the next time I looked a week and a half later, just uh, for shits and gigs, you know, just to see. Yeah. There was seemed like there was a dozen of them that were covering this. Okay. So what we're going to do, we're just going to list all of those. <laughs> for you to go and check out. Yeah. The I I listened to one of them, and uh, so safe to say there's going to be some you know going over the same material, but perhaps we found uh, maybe a little tidbit yeah, here and there to add to the um, a little nugget the knowledge base yeah uh, as to what uh, what happens uh, found a lot of old books to kind of go through firsthand accounts things like that so we'll see what we come up with we haven't actually really talked about our notes individually this is we kind of do this uh, normally on the day of uh, the recording yeah so who knows to do our own you know separate research and then come up with our own yeah you could very well be telling me you things know. that I haven't found and vice versa so yeah yeah well can i start out with a little bit of knowledge that blew my mind right out of right off the gate as i tend to say on this damn podcast (laughs) (laughs) right off the gate let me start with this fun fact for you he knows it's right out of the gate yeah yeah he gets so excited yep yeah, the interview with Jeff, I think I must have said that eight times, back to back, just <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, check this out. And I th- I feel like I may be an idiot for not knowing this about Eddie, Edgar Allan Poe. For the life, until I started looking into his mysterious death here, I, for the life of me, thought the man was an Englishman. I mean, it stands to reason, right? What an idiot. The time period. Yeah. You know, he was uh, a writer. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. I just, yeah, he was born in Boston. 1809. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Did you know that, though? I knew he was American. Yeah, but I can see why people wouldn't necessarily think that he, you know, would have possibly thought he he was a Brit. Yeah. Just, you know, given his occupation. Okay. Well, thank you, but I mean, I'll be the first to confess right now. I don't, I don't know a lot about Edgar Allan Poe, um, but uh, as we've been researching him here, this, uh, you know, started this whole idea for an episode of the podcast. I find him fascinating. Mm-hmm. Do you know he was the first American writer that was that made his living only on writing? I didn't know that. See? Yep. First one ever. That's, that's incredible. That's, yeah, that's interesting. But uh, in his life, he wasn't really known as a writer. He was known as more a uh, critic and a, and a lecturer, I guess, right? Yeah. So, he wrote a couple things of note. The yes. Raven being one. <laughs> right. Well, uh, and also, um, because originally this episode, let me go back just a little bit. This episode was actually going to be, or 
let's say the next episode that we did, episode or episodes, was going to be we're going to start delving into time travel. Oh. But that research yeah. for uh, things gets so massive, we, and we go for so much, uh, so many weeks and months looking into this stuff, it just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. And I ultimately just get overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm the one that sort of backed out of that one. I think. Just so you know. What we need to do, I was thinking out loud here, right? shitballing, as you said earlier. Yeah. We seem to pick a story and go that rather than just time dra- time travel as a whole, because that is an endless, it's a bottomless pit of information. It's it just is. It's going to keep coming and coming and coming. And uh, when I'm researching for an episode, man, it just keeps, I just keep finding more and more. Yeah. Uh, you know, and this sort of goes, uh, the time travel thing will go into sort of um, unknown or s- strange earthly phenomenon, okay? magnetic anomalies things like that mm-hmm. and then it gets a little more complex which is why that research ends up taking so much time and i have to keep backing out telling yeah. you i'm still looking at stuff which really kind of happened with this episode too the more you dig the more you find so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this uh the episode that we're doing now and edgar Allan poe and his mysterious death actually uh and i think i asked you this but did you see the uh pale blue eye which is on netflix i did not but I've heard good and bad things about it. Yeah, so it's a fictionalized account of uh, something that took place, I guess, at West Point. Uh, but in real life, Edgar Allan Poe went to West Point. Mm-hmm. He went to the military academy. Right. Which I also did not know. Uh, and I assumed that was just some sort of weird, fictionalized, uh, you know, something that somebody had done for that story. Because that yeah. movie is based off a book. Did you watch it? Yes. Okay. That's Could- where, that's where the idea came from because I just sort of watched that and uh, started looking up stuff on Edgar Allan Poe just because I never really had before. I read a few of the things, you know, and um, but then I just discovered that he had this mysterious death, which is ultimately why I mentioned that to you and led us to the podcast and episode here we are. today. Yeah. Right. And it is fascinating. And his life was fascinating because, you know, he died so young. He was only 40, so. Yeah. Lucky him. <laughs> well, maybe. You never know. He could have He could have had brilliance left to give. Oh, at least another then, 30, 40 years. But it might have been garbage. You never know. So who knows? That's what some people say about, uh, you know, certain entertainers. Right. He'd taken so young, but it might be good. Maybe we just would have turned into... You know, like the Twenty Seven Club, yeah, like uh, you know Jim Morrison, Kurt yep. Cobain, all yep. those uh, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix, that's the dude I was thinking of when I started this, and I couldn't uh, yep. think of the name. But there you go. Uh, so I guess uh, just to go back to that, just to, while we're here talking about it, because it was from the um, Netflix movie Poe. I guess he intentionally flunked himself out of West Point. I don't know for whatever reasons, uh, but uh, just doing the research, it said Poe's actions found him tried on February 8th, 1831 for gross neglect of duty and disobedience of orders. He began refusing to go to his obligations, including classes, formations, and church. Despite pleading not guilty, he was found guilty and forced out of West Point. Just going to go ahead and throw that out there while we're still in that area of the podcast talking about it. So So, I guess he he wasn't feeling it. Yeah, I guess he just got sick of it, probably. That's what it sounds like, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, which I fully understand. But I think once you get to West Point, it seems like one of those ones you just got to keep going with, you know? If you're already in there. I mean, it's... You uh, got there. Even at the time, it was been very prestigious, right. I would I would have thought. So, yeah. you know, but for whatever reason, he felt compelled to um, call it quits. Yep, yep. And I guess he never really got rich and famous off his work. He was kind of famous, but not, not at the time anyways. He wasn't like huge. Yeah, so... He's Just always, so everybody knows as you're listening to this episode, and let's say you're a Poe expert, you're a Poe uh, biographer, we are not experts if we say something wrong, if we have, you know, neglected our duties here, we apologize beforehand. Everything that I read in regards to his writing leading up to his mysterious death and looking at some of the letters that he had written people, he was soliciting money on a semi-regular basis from people, even one of his sort of, uh, I guess you'd call it his, his enemies. It was a writer, uh, which we'll talk about later, Rufus uh, Wilmot Griswold, okay? He's Junior. the one that ultimately wrote a scathing uh, sort of, I guess, obituary epitaph yeah, that yeah, uh, yeah. got published about Poe later. Mm-hmm. But I found a letter where Poe was actually soliciting for him for money because Poe was a critic. And he did critiqued his work, you know. I even yeah. read some place that uh, Poe, uh, I guess he accused uh, Long, uh, what's his name, Edward Longfellow. Uh, what's his name? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, as stated. He, he accused him of plagiarism. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have any of that. My my notes. My Edward Longworth Longsworth Longfellow. Oh, God. <laughs> Longsworth Longfellow. I got the name wrong. Anyway, he accused him of plagiarism. So, you know, he could do some shit like that. And, uh, you know. Yeah. And he was trying to get a, Poe, he was trying to get a magazine going, wasn't he? That was his whole, at the time, that was like one of his big things. He was trying to get investors and all that to get his magazine up and running. Poetry, you know, liter- literary magazine henry wadsworth long that's what i was saying yeah Jesus. that's exactly what i was saying sorry all these names and stuff he wadsworth. accused him of plagiarism at one point in time so you can already see from just a couple of examples that his uh criticism could be pretty harsh right. i.e he probably had some enemies which goes into one of the theories about you know maybe a couple of these guys banded together and went and kicked his ass or something you know Beat the snot out of him. I don't really think that, but I'm just saying, there there could have been motivation for some sort of poisoning or right. retribution. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yep. I don't believe that that's given the circumstances of what we're going to go through. But we got we got some theories, the the popular theories. I'm yep. saving in my notes, anyways. I have the uh, the one I think it is saved last, but. Uh, you know, I think we should go uh, a minor chronology first. Just give you a quick little yeah back, go. background on. Uh, well, first we can I guess we can give you the date of his birth and the date of his death. I mean, that's the basics. The basics first, right? I love it. Edgar Allan Poe, born January nineteenth, eighteen o nine, Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, died October seventh, eighteen forty nine, age forty, Baltimore, Maryland. Now, 
since you brought up Baltimore, yeah, where he he croaked. Want to put in that Justin fun fact here? I think so. This is where a fun fact belongs. And this is another thing that I that blew my mind the most of out of anything I read. This is what blew my mind the most. Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> the Raven, Edgar Allan Poe, died in Baltimore. That's what the Ravens are named after. It's crazy, isn't it? Did you know that before this? I don't think I'd ever even thought about it. Yep. Well, this ties right into the sports thing we were talking about earlier. It's it perfect. Does. Yeah. Um, there's a Raven mascot for the Ravens, as you would expect. Makes sense. His name's Poe. It's wild. Last year, uh, you know, he was doing a flip or some shit. Whatever he was doing, whatever mascots do, he hurt himself. So they brought two past mascots out of retirement. Edgar and Allen. Two more Ravens. This is just too much. <laughs> it's all coming together, see? Do we need to go through anything else? I think we're done. I think people need, people pulled over based on that one. So, All right, go ahead. Sorry. What am I going ahead for? With the what he was doing, where he was headed. The chronology? Yeah. Okay. So he, I guess, embarked on sort of a, a literary, um, again, it was going back to the literary magazine. I'm just going to be reading directly from my notes here. In June of 1849, Poe embarked on a speaking tour to raise funds for a literary magazine he hoped to publish. On September 27th, 1849, Poe was supposed to board a ferry from Richmond, Virginia to Baltimore, Maryland, and then on to New York. The night before the ferry trip, he visited a doctor in Richmond for a fever. About the next few days, very little is known for certain. This is when he disappeared. Poe arrived in Baltimore on September 28th. Uh, you know, didn't go on to New York. He turned up in a tavern in Baltimore on October 3rd. Um, and he was, uh, he was in pretty bad shape. Okay, this is where the mystery begins. He was gone for, what, five days, four or five days? Yep. And uh, there's really no reliable, this is the first thing you need to know, there's no reliable evidence that really exists uh, to give you any information about his whereabouts until he was uh, spotted outside that tavern. Right. Which was, um, I guess, also, from what I read in a couple places, near a polling station. Right. Uh, a printer by the name of Joseph W. Walker sent a letter requesting help to a Dr. Joseph E. Snodgrass he who was an acquaintance of Poe, and um, I guess that letter was just a short little letter, and I could read it here if you'd like me to. Do it. I got it. Yeah. His uh, letter reads as follows, quote, Dear Sir, there is a gentleman, rather the worse for wear, at Ryan's Fourth Ward Poles, who goes under the cognim. Is that right? Cognomen? Cognomen? <laughs> I don't know. He's, uh, the one I have is cognomen. Cognomen. Okay. He goes by the name of Jesus. That's basically what they're saying. Of Edgar A. Poe, and who appears in great distress, and he says he is acquainted with you, and I assure you he is in need of immediate assistance. Yours in haste, um, Joseph? Joseph W. Walker. Walker. Dr. Snodgrass later claimed that the note said that Poe was, quote, in a state of beastly intoxication. Did you get that, too? This is the weird thing about this whole thing is like there is like conflicting information and conflicting accounts. Yeah. Uh, everywhere. Yeah. I've I and all everything I've read is Poe was a notorious lightweight as far as drinking. One drink of wine would get him 
three sheets to the wind, gone. Shit housed. Shit housed. So, to use one of your uh, yeah. So odds of him be going out drinking seems like it's it wouldn't be happening because he knows it was well known that he couldn't handle it. So a lot of the theories are based around him getting drunk. He seemed to struggle with the booze, handling his and his. So apparently, his sister had the same thing. So there was a chance it was some type of a hereditary, yeah, thing. Like his sister couldn't handle her booze either. And alcoholism was a thing in the um, in the Poe family. Yep, yep. Which, yep. by the way, I guess they were adopted. Yeah, their their parents died. Not going into that today. Hey, this isn't a comedy podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. No, that's that's <laughs> pretty much it as far as the uh, the chronology leading up to. Um, yeah, he disappears. He's on a on a on a tour. Which, by the way, it looked like he was doing quite well on this book tour. This lecture tour, he was doing quite well. I guess um, there was there was lots of, and we can put these uh, books in the show notes. But there's quite a few uh, people that were colleagues of his that knew him quite well, and they spoke highly of him. And we can direct right. you to those so you can read those later uh, via the uh, show notes. We'll put the books in there that we've kind of used as our resources here. Yeah. And as far as him, you say that he was he left he was on his way to New York. I did this because this goes along with a theory later. Uh, he left Richmond. He was going to make a stop in Philadelphia, Philly, to help a poet edit a collection of her work, and her name is Marguerite Saint Leon Loud. So, it was known he was going to stop at Philly on the way. Okay. So that that just that comes into play later. Okay. You know, just just so everybody knows. So he he was making a known stop. But gotcha. it wasn't sure when. Nobody was sure when, you know, exactly which day. Cuz it was all by boat. Right. Also the river boat, river what were those things called? Ferry? Ferries with the uh the wheel, the big wheel on the back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, there's, uh, I don't like know, a paddle boat. Yeah, sure. Yep. <laughs> Let's go with that. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I was just looking through my notes there. Griswold. He had uh, solicited five dollars from him, and actually, the Griswold guy sent him twenty five dollars. Just wow. going back to that one time, he was soliciting money. So I say he was, you know, somewhat destitute. Most of the time. Most was, of the time he yeah, was. Yes. Also kind of be looking for money from people. And yep. Was not averse to asking for money. Nope. Nope. So he's found by Mr. Walker, goes to the doctor. Where was that at? Did you have that? Washington Medical College, I believe. Or Correct. is that where he died? Yeah, that's where he was. Okay. And uh, he was put under the care of Dr. For the life of me, the first name is escaping me, which you'd think I would have it right here. Moran, I know that. Dr. Joseph Stodgrass was right. the guy who was initially contacted. Right, by Walker. Yeah, but uh, the one that um, you know that was going to be the, the attending physician, which I believe was the term you were searching for earlier, yep. that was yep. Moran, Dr. Moran. What was his first name? It was Dr. Moran. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Dr. Moran, this guy, 
ended up taking care of him. This guy. Yeah. But then there's a lot of conflicting stories from him, apparently, which I've never heard until you started bringing it up. You said that he was he was talking. He was, you know. Dr. John Joseph Moran. <laughs> John Joseph. JJ. Okay. JJ. <laughs> yeah. We sound like a couple of Morans right now. <laughs> but... <laughs> What was it you were saying? That Moran was saying that he was talking? Because everything I've read, he was like <laughs> Moran a... Moran quips, got me. That's good. <laughs> well, good, good. I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, that was good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Make sure to send that out on uh I would be Instagram. okay with you even breaking out the horn right now after that one. Oh, man. <laughs> Hold on. That's the good joke horn. There it is. Uh, oh, yeah. There was just conflicting uh, information after the fact. I guess they sort of theorized that maybe since it was kind of weird, he sort of sequestered him up in the room. I guess nobody was allowed to see him the whole time he was in the hospital. So Yeah. Uh, which was kind of weird, too. Yeah. And uh, I guess the people have gone back through the records looking for a death certificate. There's no death certificate. Uh, hence the reason there's a mystery as to what it was that actually killed him. Yeah. I heard it was brain congestion. Like that was what's... And what the hell does that translate the, into today as far as like congestion of the brain? Yeah. Um, you know, what What does that mean as far as... There was a whole list. I mean, you know, we're not going to get into those just yet. I guess I guess you could, right? I guess we could kind of maybe go into um, some so, of the various theories. Some of the theories? We, before we go sort of back into the the various accounts that might help yeah. explain the two as yeah. far as like you know yeah and there was another before we get into that there was another interesting thing that poe said right before he died some of his last ramblings was and, he was calling out for a dude named reynolds yeah which is kind of odd nobody knows who the hell he was talking about no first just reynolds yeah so. they had a few oh gosh i've got to go through my 45 pages of notes here yeah. to find because there was uh, there was some talking about the Reynolds uh, thing and I meant to yeah but then later on they did find nah, never mind forget it I was going to do a stupid another joke yeah the Reynolds rap joke just forget it <laughs> so you were saying that the that Poe had repeatedly yelled out the name Reynolds and nobody's ever really known who that person he was Right. Talking about specifically. Don't know if any of the podcasts have covered this or if they found this little tidbit, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. Poe repeatedly, because I'm just reading from my notes here. Okay. Poe repeatedly called the name Reynolds. One possibility is that he was calling, uh, recalling an encounter with Jeremiah, Jeremiah N. Reynolds, a newspaper editor and explorer who may have inspired the novel. The narrative of Arthur Gordon uh, Pyme of Nantucket. Another possibility is Henry R. Reynolds, one of the judges overseeing the Fourth Ward polls at Ryan's Tavern. See why this was important? Right. Which is where he was located. That's where he was. Who may have met Poe on the uh, election day. There you go. Okay. So there's a couple of possibilities. All right. I'm, yeah, I didn't come across that at all. So That's why it's important. Well to, done. Yeah. All right, so we're going to start jumping into these theories here? Yes, we could. All right. I would say before we get into these theories, it is worth noting, I don't know if you mentioned it, 
when he was found, he was delirious, not in his clothing, odd clothes, and correct. You know, he was just he was all out of sorts, which that comes up in a few of these theories, which is that's why I'm bringing it up. It's a very important point. Right. I'd like to apologize to our listeners. Uh, try as hard as we may to create organized notes and to go through this thing in some sort of a fashion that makes sense to the human brain. We always seem to fail. Yeah, we'll get there. I mean, we're still technically new with this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So did you hear the theory that he just uh, was attacked and beaten to death? Yes. Yeah, because of a lady. Did you hear this theory? Nope. So there's a biographer. Her name is E. Oaks Smith. She 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 wrote she wrote,ed at the instigation of a woman who considered herself injured by him. He was cruelly beaten blow upon blow by a ruffian who knew of no better mode of avenging supposed injuries. Those damn ruffians. Yeah. So the point of this is women women are crazy, and they, they lie. That's all <laughs> they do to get us beaten up. Kidding, of course. But, uh, yeah, so uh, he broke some filly's heart, and this guy took it upon himself to avenge her hurtness, Right. That was nice of him. I yeah, guess, right? I mean, hey, it happened to me. I did see where he had been engaged several times. Yeah, um, you know his uh, his wife had died just two years before him from tuberculosis. Right. Yes. His wife, also his first cousin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who was thirteen at the time. <coughs> all right, all right. Let's go on. Marriage, and he was twenty-seven. <laughs> Not going to be talking about the incestual pedophilia of Edgar Allan no, Poe. Different time. Different time. It was a, over 100 years ago. We can't look back yeah. on what was seemingly commonplace with our future eyes. Yeah. And also, uh, going back to his drinking, his not being able to drink, another. there's an article written by Eugene Didier called The Grave of Poe. And it pretty much goes on to say he met up with some friends from West Point, and they all went out and do a little bit of that drinking, right? Partying. A little boozing. Yeah, he can't handle his booze, as everybody knows, right? And they eventually just kind of left him. Shit went off the rails? Yeah. He was all, you know, stumbling around, muttering, muttering, stuttering, prick you. You know, all that kind of thing. And so, they, you know, you know how it goes. They're like, all right, Poe, we'll, we'll see. You can make it home, all right? Good, good. And then they all go continue drinking, but he's, you know, whatever. And the theory behind that, he was an easy target to be mugged. So he was just robbed, beaten, left on the side of the road. Yeah, just left to uh, whatever. Right. but Left to die. Yes. But what that doesn't explain is the clothes that weren't his. He was wearing like a hat too, right? Yeah, a hat, clothes that were all tattered and torn up that were obviously not his clothes. Earlier, so that, when you said congestion of the brain, yeah, it also can be called cerebral inflammation. Uh, just looking through my notes here, common euphemisms for death from disreputable causes such as alcoholism. Yeah. So they basically just said this is what it was. Right, right. Because I guess some of the symptoms, you know, of getting beaten hard. 
Yeah. What do you you were a doctor back then and we're just uh, he's he's drunk. He's not shell shocked or whatever it is. He can't you know? handle the drink. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see at any point where he was uh sort of like uh it suggested that perhaps he had used, I guess, laudanum was a common thing. Yeah. And then yeah. like opium and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did he use, I thought I saw that somewhere, but um, I guess, I don't know if that's confirmed or not. Uh, uh, as far as the, you know, there's lots, like I said, we're talking about the speculation of what, you know, it was that may have killed him. But prior to his death, we know that alcohol was a problem. Right. But were these other drugs a problem as well? Yeah. But well, then later on, I'll go into some of these theories that come that came later, like the rabies, for instance. Whether they did, they had hair samples taken from Poe. And like carbon monoxide poisoning is another theory. But that was, uh, so that was like a Smithsonian institution. That was a test done by them, yep. right? When they got yep. some of his hair. Yep. Yep. When they moved his body. Which I didn't know this until looking into this, but that was an, not an abnormal thing to do, to send a lock of your hair with a letter. Did you know that? I did not. I found some of those, um, just like people had, had purchased his hair before, and he'd sent letters and stuff, and they'd basically just attach the hair to oh. the letter, like with wax, and the seal, I guess. It wasn't an huh. uncommon practice. But I didn't it, know that. The only person I've ever seen do that. like fun fact for you, a little Josh fun fact. Oh, Make another stinger. Only person I've ever seen do that, like even in a movie or anything, was uh, Wayne Newton in Vegas Vacation. Remember that when he gave her lock of his hair? Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Oh man, everybody! I encourage all of you to watch Vegas Vacation. Most underrated of the vacation movies by far. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, yeah, like I was saying, there was no, nothing that would have shown, what is it, laud, laudanum? Laud, how do you pronounce laudanum. that? Laudanum. Laudanum, yeah. yeah, that was not in his system, according to this one hair sample test. So, Which, uh, we'll be talking about that, I guess, a little bit more here in a little while. Yeah. Because I've got some information on that as well. Okay. Um, so, that's one of the main theories, I guess, right? Yeah, he she was, was mugged. mugged. Beaten up. Beaten. Um, you mentioned rabies. Yeah. It was, uh, we're going to talk about some of the first-hand accounts that we found that would probably sort of dispel that idea yeah. that rabies was part of this thing. Yeah, yeah. And then you were saying you were just talking about alcohol poisoning. That was that's, an, that's the biggest one, I think. That was Well, back then, that was the first one everybody immediately thought and also earlier, you mentioned that he was sick before he left Richmond. Yes, apparently, the doctor. He went to see the doctor, and the doctor told him another attack would prove fatal of boozing. He was sick from boozing, and the doctor said another attack would prove fatal. And then Poe replied to him. The doctor noted this too: if people would not tempt me. I would not fall. And I think we can all attest. When people are like, come on, let's have a drink. One more. One more. It happens. I get it. He just I get kept it. sucking them down. He just kept, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So. So might that have um, 
triggered like hypoglycemia or something like that? Yeah. Let's see. My notes are so frustrating. Is that what you're... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Joseph E. Snodgrass, right? He was a speaker for the temperance movement at the time, which is this no drinking. I was trying to find that. He had already, because of his uh, previous engagement, right? He had joined a temperance movement, right? Yep, yep. And I guess so. He was all on board with the alcohol poisoning theory because it, it it like just proved that the drink is bad. So this is one he kept going, and he kept even like when he was speaking, he was he was blaming Edgar Allan Poe, the great Edgar Allan Poe, even right was killed by booze, Mister Booze, you know. So I don't know. That's just something you know. But I again, I don't think it's the booze that did it. On account of he knew he he sucked at it, so I don't think he would drink enough to get poisoned. Do you think he had stopped? Yeah, maybe not completely. Like stopped as like when I say I stop, I'll go months with. Oh my God Almighty! That's not a touch screen, is it? I'm getting a GD phone call over here. It's going to my computer. What? That was my brother Jacob. I thought you were going to take the call. No. Unless you want to take a break. No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get... I'm so frazzled now. I don't know where I'm going here. Yeah, April, uh, 2000, April 9th, 2006 was the last hair sample test that was done on him, and it showed... Uh, that he was sober up until his death, supposedly. That was the date I was trying to find, but April 9th, 2006. So the tests are more up to date at that point, obviously. Right, right. So, I don't think it's alcohol, is what I'm getting at. Saw there was uh, syphilis, tuberculosis, uh, also because there were several people dying around him that had tuberculosis. At the time, they called it consumption. Just so you know. Right, right. Um, but he would surely have other symptoms. The hypoglycemia was because the low blood sugar triggered by the alcohol. Yeah. Um, alcohol poisoning. Right. Which, you know. Which if, if you're a lightweight, it's going to happen sooner. You know, two shots as opposed to 13. And he was, uh, you know, supposedly bouncing around for almost a week. Right. Right. Um, just talking about the rabies for a second. Yep. Uh, so the first symptoms of rabies may be similar to the flu, including weakness or discomfort, fever, headache. There also may be discomfort, prickling, or an itching sensation in the side of the bite. Uh, these symptoms may last for days. Symptoms then progress to cerebral dysfunction, anxiety, confusion, and agitation. Um, just from the accounts that I'm looking at, he didn't really seem to be... In the hospital, anyway, he didn't really seem to be agitated. He was mostly lethargic. Yeah. Um, as the disease pro- progresses, the person may experience delirium. He does sort of go in and out right. of you know a delirious state, abnormal uh, behavior, hallucinations, which is why people, I guess, attributed to some of the symptoms he experienced right. in the hospital. He did yeah. seem to be experiencing some hallucinations. And hydrophobia, which is the one I'm kind of getting to here, 
which is uh, fear of water, which is created from the that pesky little virus yep. known as rabies. It's the acute period of disease typically ends uh, after two to ten days. Um, and, of course, you know, once the clinical signs of rabies show up, you're pretty much done for. Right. And really, it's another little rabies fun fact for you, if you're okay with that. Yep. The rabies virus doesn't really, it doesn't make you afraid of water, per se. It, may, it's, it causes very painful throat spasms that whenever you swallow. Forces you to eject it. Yeah, because the virus is transmitted via saliva. And it's like, like I was telling you, it's like it knows, don't swallow this. You need to get this out into the world, get me out there more and more. So it makes it, makes it hurt excruciatingly to swallow it's diabolical and there that's why everything with babies is usually like drooling or foaming at the mouth and Frothing. stuff like that and once you're once you're at that point if as a per as any as an animal a mammal you're done for even yeah nothing can be done for you so if you get bit by an animal go get go get looked at just go ahead and get that shot yeah your raccoons your coyotes a bat definitely bats yeah, and that rabies theory, that was not proposed, did you know this, until 1996? Really? Yep. It was a, it was a Maryland cardiologist by the name of Robert Benitez. He was given, they were doing some kind of a uh, conference, and they were, like, they grouped up all these doctors, and they were given a case file, randomly. No names involved, date, nothing. Just look at symptoms, see what you come up with. And this guy got posed. And then he started looking through all the symptoms, and he was like, hmm, this kind of sounds like rabies. And that's what they submitted. And then they were like, holy shit, and maybe this is rabies. Especially because he was he looking at it, he was looking at it with no, you know, no bias towards it. Because he didn't know it was Poe. He just thought it was some dude. But, uh, yeah, that, that's when that was for. I thought that was kind of a cool way to get that about, you know. Like, 1996. So, I don't know. I don't know. That's certainly that's a possibility. Little... Yeah. Um, but some of the first-hand accounts from, like, the doctor, which I can go ahead and go into now. Are you talking about JJ? JJ. Go ahead. If I can actually find them in the notes where it talks about that, it basically does mention that he uh, was drinking fluids. See, and that's part I didn't come across at all, which is, yeah. Now mm. I have the um, responsibility to find that passage. Yeah, either he said he was drinking fluids. Yes, Doctor Morand. Uh, you know, again, his accounts of the last few days of his life been taken into question. I wonder if he was sort of embellishing things, possibly. Um, you know, so you you see lots of different things because he, he wrote quite a bit. Uh, on the whole affair. Right, right. Like Dr. Moran later noted in a letter to Maria Clem, which was his uh, Poe's mother-in-law, that during a period of consciousness, Poe held, quote, vacant converse with spectral and imaginary objects on the walls. His face was pale and his whole person drenched in, drenched in perspiration. So that leads credence to the idea that there were hallucinations, right. which is one of the rabies things. Right, However, right. he does talk about him also drinking fluids. And being coherent some of the time, too, so. Yep. Anyway, I'm going to be going through a couple of these, I guess, while I've already got them out. Um, 
According to Moran, quote, I have stated to you the fact that Edgar Allan Poe did not die under the effect of any intoxicant, was what he said, nor was the smell of liquor upon his breath or person. He was in my care and under my charge for 16 hours. He was sensible and rational 15 hours out of the 16. He answered promptly and correctly all questions asked, spoke freely and made certain statements and gave certain directions to whom I should write and a confession of what related to himself, his mother-in-law and the lady to whom he was to have been married. He told me in answer to my questions where he had been, from whence he came, and for which place he started when he left Richmond. When he arrived in Baltimore, and the name of the hotel where he registered, for which I received his trunk before his death, the names of the ladies to whom he requested me to write were given, and their answers to my letters after his death came speedily and are with me now, end quote. So you read some sort of conflicting, you know, statement like that in regards to everything else where he's you know in and out of consciousness and you know hallucinating apparently which goes against everything i read not that i'm saying you're wrong i'm just saying it's just (laughs) weird that information can that's why we're doing this episode on it that's it so yeah i mentioned earlier there was uh the carbon monoxide poisoning that was another one Yep, that's another theory. That was proposed in 1999 by Albert Donay. All these are pretty new. I know, yeah. They're just looking through the symptoms and they're just being like, hmm. Because he used the coal gas for, or I guess that everybody did, coal gas for the indoor lighting back then. But again, going back to the hair samples, they were inconclusive and showed no uh, carbon monoxide in the system. You want to talk about his hair now? That would be a good time to maybe... I I got another one that goes right with it. Let's do it. So, all right. Poe's hair. Poe's hair. Um, yeah, so I'm looking at, uh, you said 2006, right? Testing of Poe's hair. Right. right. The yep. study was uh, designed by Albert Dunay, mm-hmm. uh, an environmental health engineer in Baltimore and funded by the Alliance Atlantis of Toronto, Ontario. The purpose of the study was to determine the levels of various toxic heavy metals in the hair of Edgar and Virginia Poe using inductivity, inductively cooled plasma mass spectrometry. Right. That's what, yeah. <laughs> which is capable of detecting extremely low concentrations. Right. And this is, yeah, this is the guy that did carbon monoxide poisoning. And then what I'm about to say is that the heavy metal poisoning was the next thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're going to test for a bunch of stuff when they do that. Yep. And earlier in the year, in July, Poe had cholera. Right, so he was prescribed calomel, which is mercury chloride. Did you know that? It's a good thing for yep. to ingest in your body, right? Yep. So he's saying that mercury poisoning could have caused some of the delirium and hallucinations and whatnot. But what when those the hair samples were tested, the mercury levels were thirty times lower than what would cause any type of mercury heavy metal poisoning. Huh. So, um. Just looking at some of the, and I, I don't think I put them all in here, just some of the ones that were of note. If you want me to go ahead and talk about some of what was found in Poe's hair yeah. right now. So arsenic, uh, the levels of arsenic in Edgar's hair were 15 times today's normal level, if that's what you saw. Hopefully we're looking at the same studies here. Uh, I didn't really go into that much detail with the other hair for stats. I just did uh, what some of the, based on the theories, but yeah. 
Arsenic? Yeah. Huh. Uh, about two-thirds the level associated with symptoms of arsenic poisoning. So that was pretty high. Uh, nickel. The oldest uh, nickel level in Edgar's hair was about 10 times today's normal level. Uh, fell 66% as he aged, although it was higher than normal. It was not high enough to produce symptoms of nickel poisoning. Uh, uranium. The levels of uranium in Edgar's hair were below the detection limit of the instrument for the size of the samples, which means uh, they contained less than about eight parts per billion. Uh, vanadium. The levels of vanadium in Edgar and Virginia's hair were both at the high end of the normal range. Let's see what this... Um, so you've got some levels there that are somewhat troublesome, I guess. They're high. Yeah, it was that, may have not been uncommon for people of the time period. I was going to say, was that the norm for people back then? I, I mean, don't know. they were only living to like you know fifty. Fifty was old. Perhaps it was because they're chewing on arsenic or whatever. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. A quick Google would answer that question, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that right now. It's okay because maybe if someone's interested enough, this will spur them to go off and do their own uh, mysterious death of Edgar Allan Poe research. Yep. I yeah. I mean that's we're really, just bringing this what we have had time to research to you right now. That's what this is all about. Is just we're getting we're getting you know basic sometimes factual knowledge out so you can go correct us and look at it yourselves you know correct yeah so there there was something to uh the poe hair thing there was some high levels in there i think that's basically what you can take away from that right but nothing enough to really cause anything as far as like poisoning those symptoms high levels but you never know yeah yeah, I mean, and also the like arsenic. The, yeah, I wonder how that was happening? Where what was arsenic in back then? Does this probably come, everything? I guess, right? Yeah. Does yeah. this come from? Uh, does that theory of him being poisoned possibly come from you know some sort of a vengeful author, perhaps? Uh, yeah, yeah. But then also you said uh, it wasn't his body was exhumed and there was some sort of rattling around. I don't think we've mentioned that one yet. That's my next theory I have up. Okay. You want to go go ahead and switch Knock on over out. to that one? Yeah. Brain tumor, an undiagnosed brain tumor. So Poe, when he initially died in 1849, they buried him in an unmarked, just a grave. Westminster Hall, it was in the same. Yep. Yep. And he's still there now, but they did, 26 years later, exhume his body to give him a more a more ceremonious burial. Right, so now he's at the uh, the Westminster Hall and burying ground, Baltimore, Massachusetts, two one two zero one. Right, right. It's open eight a.m. to four thirty p.m. Monday through Saturday. Give him a call at four one zero seven zero six two zero seven two. Tell him we sent you. Terribly vexed podcast. Yep, and you can go visit him. But anyways, twenty six years after his death, they exhumed him. Some of the workers said that uh, they heard a rattling around in inside his skull of a hard object. And one of the theories is perhaps it was a dried up tumor, a calcified <laughs> tumor. The brain rots away. It's one of the first things that starts rotting on you when you die. The gray matter was gone. Gone. Empty skull. Yep. 
and a uh, tumor in there. A calcified rolling around tumor. So, but who's to say if that account was accurate or if it just wasn't something else rolling around in there? Right. Yeah. Who knows? But then, according to a Smithsonian Magazine article, uh, a New York physician once told Poe that he had a lesion on his brain that caused his adverse reaction to the alcohol. So some sort of a lesion was, I mean, they didn't have, obviously, no no CAT scans back then. Right. Anything like that. So I don't know how they would know you have a lesion on your brain at all without looking at it. I think he's pulling shit out of his ass. Maybe. Maybe. He didn't know. Nope. So, yeah, brain tumor, possible. They were doing, like, you know, bleeds at this point. for Bloodletting. Bloodletting to cure people of uh, ailments. It's hard to say. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, I was still trying to, to locate the uh, passage. It's uh, talking about, you know, him uh, drinking fluids. I assure you, I found it. Okay. But I don't know where it's at right this second, so keep <laughs> talking. <laughs> All right. Well, another theory is that he had flu turned into pneumonia. You said he was sick right before he left. For yeah, the, I had seen a doctor. Venture. Yep. Yep. He went to the doctor and uh, he went on, the, what was what was her name? Uh, oh my God. Royster? Lady he was engaged to? Right. His fiance. Yes. Well, <laughs> she recalled some of her last moments and uh, and I quote, you ready for this? He came up to my house on the evening of September 26th to take leave of me. He was very sad and complained of being quite sick. I felt so wretched about him all of that night that I went up early the next morning to inquire after him, when, much to my regret, he had left in the boat for Baltimore. So he was sick as a dog when he left. Already he still wasn't feeling good. Hmm. So, And it was raining in Baltimore. And uh, that's one of the, uh, with this theory, there's one part, I don't know, the whole, you know, the strange clothes, saying he got, he got rained on so much, he just put on some weird clothes because his clothes got wet, which I don't know if I buy, but, but also the rain could turn flu into pneumonia. Yeah. It does that. It's chilly. Yep. Yep. Chilly in Baltimore, chilly and damp. That dampness gets in those lungs. Yeah. So, you know. It's just another theory. He was already sick. It got worse. He's stumbling around with pneumonia. He essentially got, would have drowned in his own fluids. Yeah. His clothes got wet, so he put on some weird clothes and a hat. <laughs> it's not adding up, this one. <laughs> Which I think would probably segue us good in well into the most plausible theory that we have so far, if you want to talk about that. Are you referring to cooping? Yeah, which I had never heard of this before, so it's I haven't either. pretty cool. We learned something. I'm just going to it's, it's It's a form of voter fraud. They called it cooping back then. Yes. And uh, the untrustworthy politicians, <laughs> sounds like all of them, am I right? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> they would hire uh, groups, of, groups of thugs, also known as gangs, if you want to go down that route to uh, get out there, force people to vote for them and i got to have some of the cool names some of the popular 
the biggest gangs in Baltimore at the time. Would you like a textbook definition of cooping? I'd love it. I can provide that. Do it. That's the least I can do while I'm here. Do it. Uh, cooping was a form of electoral fraud in the United States, often cited in relation to the death of Edgar Allan Poe, uh, by which citizens were kidnapped off the street and forced to vote, often several times over for an election candidate. According to several of Poe's biographers, so-called cooping gangs or election gangs working for a political candidate would hold random victims in a room, uh, the coop, and ply them with alcohol or give them uh, face beatings to get them to comply. Face beatings. (laughs) Often their clothing would be changed to fool voting officials and vote multiple times. Or they would be given disguises such as wigs, fake beards, and mustaches. Other 19th century accounts do not relate to voter fraud, but instead describe press gangs that use cooping to pressure recruits for the Union Army during the American Civil War. One claiming one claim of cooping enlistees was made in a letter from Brigadier General Edward Winslow Hinks, read by the clerk of the House of Representatives in 1865. The general, who was in charge the enlistment in New York blamed the poor quality of enlisted men on. Gotta go to page nine. Enlistment men on cooping, whereby the men were cooped up, plied with a drink to the point of stupefaction, and tricked into enlisting. So you have two examples of it there, not just the right. election fraud, but also getting them to enlist to send them off to die. Quote, in a cooping scheme, gangs working for corrupt politicians would grab unwilling bystanders off the street and force them to vote repeatedly for a certain candidate, blah, blah, blah. It just goes back into that. Right. My notes are messy, and I'm an idiot. It's okay. But, yeah, cooping was extremely common. And, like I said, the gangs were uh, hired. And I got... I just I have to get this out there because the, these gang names of the time they were they were very pretty cool. Check this out. You ready for this? Yeah. The Rip Raps, the Plug Uglies, the American Rattlers. It's like gangs of New York. Yep. And then my favorite, the Blood Tubs. Sounds mean. You know, I did see those, but I didn't put them in my notes anywhere. I remember seeing a couple of those. Yeah, I love it. The Blood Tubs. The Blood Tubs. Yeah. Sounds, it, sounds pretty mean. Yep. And then also, you said it gives them, gave them booze to you know force them to do it. But then also... Could have also, you know, doped them up with drugs, too. Right, right Any right. sort of intoxicant. Yep. But also, back then, when you went to go vote to encourage voter turnout, they would just they would give you a drink after you voted. Well done, you. Here's a, here's a drink. Good job. Yep. Which I think they should bring back. Not that they would have actually talked like that. No. But yeah, this election was for... Uh, Sheriff, I believe, right? In Baltimore? Yep, it was a Baltimore sheriff election. Charles F. Cloud, I did that search on my own. That wasn't told. I looked up. I knew it was for sheriff for sure. You went above and beyond. And I looked up Charles F. Cloud. So the sheriff is hiring guys to... Either way, it was a sheriff for sure. That's just That just doesn't sound like somebody it's, in law enforcement. It's unlawful be. to do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but he really wanted to win. Yep. All right. Yep. So the cooping thing seems uh, very plausible. Take into consideration the fact that he was in this temperance movement. He knew that uh, he couldn't, his, his uh, I guess, you know, he was engaged. So his soon-to-be wife wanted him to be sober. I think he had already lost one 
because of that just prior to. And that right. would have been, um, you know, what's her name? Sarah Helen Whitman. He was uh, engaged to her. Uh, I've got that in my notes anyway. I don't know if it's actually true. <laughs> well, I mean, we did research on this, so we, so we can only go what's what we found, right? Yeah, yeah. Quote, yeah. Sarah Helen Whitman, uh, sort of, as the notes uh, say, I think I took this from an article, sort of 19th century version of the modern day goth girl was known for wearing black clothes and she had a coffin-shaped charm about her holding seances at her house and writing transcendental poetry, end quote. She was briefly engaged to Poe until she received an anonymous note at the library claiming that he had returned to the drink, which he had sworn off as a condition of their engagement. Their courtship, uh, wrote author David Randall, was, quote, brief and violent, during which both parties were often al- alternately or jointly hysterical, end quote. In a letter dated November 7th, Poe wrote to his beloved, quote, if you cannot see me, write me one word to say that you do love me and that you, well, under all circumstances, you will be mine. Remember that these coveted words uh, you have never spoken yet spoken, and nevertheless, I have not reproached you. Reading this way people talked back then, it just... It's rough. <laughs> it's rough, yeah. man. It's not the way we talk nowadays. Nope. So sometimes trying to understand it is uh, a little difficult. But uh, basically, she had uh, kicked him to the curb because he had taken up the drink again. Yeah. So he wasn't, uh, you know, sticking to it, apparently. Right. And that was his... Until maybe with this most recent engagement. Right. When I read the notes, too, he was getting engaged left and right towards his final days. Yeah. During the time he was murdered, he was engaged to a gal named Sarah Elmira Royster Shelton. Which goes right into my final theory that I heard about. Let's hear it. And this was proposed in 2000 in a book called Midnight Dreary, The Mysterious Death of Edgar Allan Poe by John Evangelist Walsh. He was murdered by Sarah's two brothers. Two brothers. Story goes like this, from what I understand, right? Poe left Richmond, and he got to Philadelphia to help that gal with her poems, right? They caught up with him there, and they were, they were like, hey, you do not marry our sister. You're, you're, she's too good for you, pretty much, right? Or else kind of a deal, you know? So Poe got a little scared, frightened, hung out in Philly for a couple days, which explains where he was, perhaps. Perhaps he put on different clothes to disguise himself so they wouldn't, find him again so he's on his way back to richmond he makes a yui he's going on he's going back to richmond right he ends up in baltimore they catch up to him there they beat him senseless beat the shit right out of him okay and then they forced him to drink because they knew that he couldn't handle his booze All right right left on the side of the road in the clothes that he was wearing to disguise himself from her two brothers Completely circumstantial that it was near a polling place. Yep. All that just gets, yep. you know. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's it. But that's literally all that it, there's no, nobody talked to them as far as I knew. It was just a theory, a wild, harebrained theory from 2000. So, I'll tell you, as far as we've gotten with this so far, I've got more questions than answers. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's, it's like something he would write in one of his own books, you know? Yeah. Stories. Uh, stories. 
<laughs> Not books, I guess. But you know what I mean? Short stories. Yeah. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens, they should call it. Like, <laughs> Baltimore short stories. Baltimore beatings. All right. That didn't go anywhere. I thought I would have something, a good little little quick joke there, but obviously it backfired. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's really all I, that's all the theories that I saw. I mean, that, that's it. But I think the cooping one, to me, makes the most sense. Seems the most plausible, as uh, commonplace as it was. Yep. Just seems like he got caught up in a cooping scheme. Done and done. Right before he could have made it big, you know, right before he could have started living in in riches. Right? But they did him in. All for this sheriff cloud. Sheriff cloud. Bastards. I guess maybe it wouldn't sheriff cloud. I don't know who who hired him to do that all, but who hired the blood tubs to be going around doing that, but but yeah, blood tubs. That's a great name, the blood tubs. Yeah. Do you have? Uh, you got anything else? I mean, that's to that's it's all my notes right there. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm out. I'm empty. <laughs> I blew my load just then. That's all I got. Uh, just before, there's some sort of bouncing around. I'm gonna be doing now. Hope okay. you all don't mind. Kind of covered some theories. And uh, to go along with those various theories, I'd just like to give some additional information from the various first-hand accounts, if that's okay. And there'll be some other interesting, perhaps, uh, tidbits towards the very end. Fun here. facts. Eh, I guess you could call them fun facts. Okay. I'm just going to be reading from some of these uh, notes that I've got. Dr. Snodgrass's first-hand account describes Poe's appearance as repulsive with unkempt hair, a haggard, unwashed face, and a lusterless with, with lusterless and vacant eyes. His clothing, Snodgrass said, just to go in a little more detail on what he was wearing, which included a dirty shirt, but no vest, and unpolished shoes was worn, and they did not fit well. Dr. Joseph Moran, who we've mentioned before, was Poe's attending physician, gives his own detailed account of Poe's appearance that day, a, let's see, a quote, stained, faded, old bombazine coat. Did you see that anywhere? Bombazine? Bombazine, no. Pantaloons of a similar character, a pair of worn-out shoes run down at the heels, and an old straw hat, In quote. Poe was never coherent long enough to explain how he came to be in this condition, and is believed that his clothes is wearing, um, not least which were because of wearing... Sh- Jesus <laughs> Christ. So basically, those are your theories, right? And that's the, the, the first-hand accounts of what was going on with him and... Why my notes suck ass, um, even though I have 15 pages. I would like to talk about Rufus Wilmot Griswold, which I think you have to talk about him because of the scathing sort of obituary that he wrote after the fact. Mm-hmm. You know, were you familiar with that at all? Yes, but I don't have anything about it. I just have, I know the name because I thought, Rufus W. Griswold, Clark W. Griswold. I thought they were perhaps related. Again, another vacation reference. Wow. That's two. All right. All right. Not too bad. Yeah, so like apparently today, Griswold's name is usually associated with Poe as a character assassin. 
but not all believe that Griswold deliberately intended to cause him harm. Some of the information that Griswold asserted or implied was that Poe was expelled from the University of Virginia and that Poe had tried to seduce his guardian, John Allen's second wife. Ooh, scathing. Even he so, was... Griswold's attempt only drew attention to Poe's work. Readers were thrilled the idea of reading the works of an evil man, quote, evil man. Griswold's characterization of Poe and the false information he originated appeared consistently in Poe's biographies for the next two decades. In any case, after he died, he also did something that was kind of weird. He sort of uh, claimed that uh, this was one of, I guess, prior to his death, they'd been communication or whatever claimed to be his uh, literary executor, quote, for the benefit of his family, which wouldn't have made any sense because they had yeah. a strained relationship. Right. So, right. I wonder if it was like one of those things like, you know, I hate you. God damn it. I hate you, but I respect you. You know, that kind of <laughs> thing. Griswold claimed that Poe's aunt and mother-in-law, Maria Clem, said Poe that had made such a statement uh, on June 9th, 1849, and that she herself released any claim to Poe's works. I think that's kind of odd. I just think that should be mentioned about this Griswold guy. Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense leading up to it because he critiqued his work, you know, his, yep. criticized his, his writing. And they had sort of this uh, eh, tumultuous relationship, A little I bit. guess you would say. And that's Rufus. Griswold. So you think Rufus killed him? Is that what you're saying? No, I think that uh, if people put that into uh, I was just, yeah. their relationship, into the context of what happened to him, they might theorize that he may have been somebody that, because the poisoning thing has been mentioned, so they might right. have suggested that he was possibly somebody that may have uh, assisted, you know, rendezvoused with him on his uh, little journey there, and right. may right. have poisoned him or something like that. So. Yeah, I'm distilling these massive amount of notes down into they had a relationship that was uh, no, we're not really sure of what that relationship is now. We know for certain that Poe probably wouldn't have given him, you know, that sort of power over his estate after he passed away, though. So or whatever he was claiming for whatever reason he was claiming that. Yeah. After the fact, everybody's like, you know, there's no way Poe would have done that. Anyway, Griswold prepared an obituary signed with the pseudonym Ludwig Obituary, first printed in uh, in the October 9th, 1849 issue of the New York Tribune. It was soon republished many times. Here he asserted that, quote, few will be grieved by Poe's death as he had few friends. He claimed that Poe often wandered the streets either in, quote, madness or melancholy, mumbling and cursing to himself and that he was easily irritated and was envious of others, and that he, quote, regarded society as composed of villains, end quote. Poe's drive to succeed, Griswold wrote, was because he sought, quote, the right to despise a world which uh, galled his self-conceit, end quote. Much of this characterization of Poe was copied almost verbatim from that of the fictionist Francis Vivian in the Caxtons by Edward... Bulwer Lighton. I don't know what that is. Griswold biographer Joey Joy Bayless wrote that Griswold used a pseudonym not to conceal his relationship to the obituary, but because it was his custom never to sign his newspaper, never to sign his newspaper and his magazine contributions. 
Regardless, Griswold's true identity was soon revealed. In a letter to Sarah Helen Whitman, which we mentioned earlier, dated December 17, 1849, he admitted his role in writing Poe's death notice, quote, I was not his friend, nor was he mine, end quote. Finally get to use that and finally found something that was of use for my notes. <laughs> Check. That's a, uh, that is interesting. Right. I mean. But to know also that he did solicit money from him and the Griswold guy gave him money apparently. Right. right. So it's hard to say what that relationship was after the fact. Find it hard to believe that he would have, you know, killed it's, him. It seems. But there is some mysteriousness to what he was doing there after the fact with the obituary it's, and claiming to be his, you know. Yeah. I was going to say, it seems fishy. Executor. They wouldn't have given him that right. So anyway, kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think we can sum it up with two words about Edgar Allan Poe, about his death anyways. Yes, yes. I did this, I said this earlier. Poe bastard. Poe bastard. But there were a lot of accounts. uh, (laughs) Just went right, okay, go ahead. I mean, uh, before I lose it in my notes, you just happened to be saying that as I were. Sorry. You know, look, I'm, not, I'm just, it was reminding me that there were, and I'd mentioned this earlier, lots of people that worked with Poe and said that he was a hard worker, he was diligent, and um, he wasn't everything that this guy, you know, said that he was after the fact. Right. It was try, he was doing some a character assassination, basically, and a lot of that wasn't true. Yeah, sure, he may have been struggling with the drink, but hey... Aren't we all? Don't we all? Sometimes uh, have little, uh, you know, hop off the old wagon there. And... I thought I was on the wagon. Right. <laughs> I mean, I know I certainly have. Me too. Yeah. It's a rough one. Yep. But I think we got it under, me and you have it under control. We're fine. Yeah, at times. Yeah. <laughs> at times. So... You got anything else? Oh, got all kinds of stuff in here, man. Yeah. What if? That basically kind of sets the scene there, though. Yeah. Um, I guess as we're going to be closing this episode out, just some other little information that's on the periphery of the whole thing. Did you, by chance, when you were researching this, look up anything on the, or see anything on the Poe toaster? No, I did not. No? Nope. Would you like me to tell you about it? The Poe Toaster. The Poe Toaster. Sure. Cool. Um, this was an unidentified person, or probably more than one person in succession, who for several decades paid an annual tribute to uh, Edgar Allan Poe by visiting the uh, his grave in Baltimore in the early hours, January 19th. Uh, of Poe's birthday. The shadowy figure dressed in black with a wide-brimmed hat and a white scarf would pour himself a glass of cognac and raise a toast to Poe's memory, then vanish into the night, leaving three roses in a distinctive arrangement. Uh, unfinished bottle of cognac. He'd also leave that there. 
So apparently they've been trying to figure out who this person's been doing this for many, many years. Onlookers gathered annually in hopes of glimpsing the elusive toaster who did not seek publicity and was rarely seen or photographed. According to eyewitnesses' reports and notes accompanying offerings in later years, the original toaster made the annual visitation from sometime in the 1930s, though no reports appeared in print until 1950 until his death in 1998. It's kind of weird. Huh. The toaster died in 1998, I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. After which the tradition was supposedly passed to a son. Uh, controversial statements were made and some notes left by uh, the post-1998 uh, toaster. And in 2006, an unsuccessful attempt was made by several onlookers to detain and identify him. Kind of hmm. weird. It is weird. 75-year tradition there. Yeah. I wonder if that... I have seen some pictures online where they were... Wasn't the actual Poe toaster, but they had... A dude was dressed and doing that at Poe's grave in the uh, Westminster Hall. Hmm. I wonder if there was any uh, relation to perhaps Reynolds. <laughs> you know, maybe that was Reynolds. He lived for so long. Maybe. Another weird little thing is I didn't know this about Edgar Allan Poe was that he had an interest in crypto cryptography. He wrote an I did essay. Hear about that. You did see that. In your, I did. See, yep. Yep. He did write uh, like an essay on it. Um, was called "quote a few words on secret writing." So he had some interest in that. Uh, you know, I think it was your basic sort of like uh, what do they call that? Just uh, like a basic form of cryptography. Yeah. Where you exchange. You know, substitution, mm -hmm. right, I guess, right. basic substitution cryptography. Yeah. That was definitely the early days of that back then. Yeah, and I guess he would have sort of been um, sort of perhaps even a pioneer in that, I guess. I'm not exactly yeah. sure. but I guess you would be. That's when it, I guess it was, World War Two was when that really would have been used. Kicked on the hard, uh, hard, the Cold War. But I guess in modern warfare, that could have also been like, you know, so he died in you know, 1849, and you got the Civil War. Yeah. That would have probably been used in that. You would have had correspondences, people That's sent true. out with letters and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, I'm guessing that would have been used during the Civil War. Must have been. Warfare requires these kinds of things. Because what if you just send out uh, some information with uh, somebody and they get captured? Then your information, uh, your whereabouts, your movements... Uh, would fall into enemy hands. You don't want that. That's why I always would just send it like opposite of whatever, you know? Like the tanks are going east, but really they're going west. That's very clever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Very clever indeed. Thank you. That's why I'm not a general. That's the only reason I'm not. You've got a, a military mind, it seems like, though, with those sorts of tactics. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't know what I got that I'm saving, just waiting to be asked later for yeah, so anyway, I guess that's basically it. All right. I mean, we covered every. I mean, God almighty. If you couldn't follow this conversation, <laughs> you're an idiot. That was a little uh, messy. It was a tad messy. I'll try to fix what I can. See if you, That's the game. See if you can spot the edit. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't up until this point, I did a good job. I swear to God, Poe took a drink. While he was in there. I've mentioned that several times. I hope you don't yeah. edit that part out. I couldn't find it in my 10 pages of notes, but it's there. 
Maybe in a future episode we'll revisit this topic or I'll just mention it randomly. Be on the lookout for that. Yeah, just do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll cite you. Ah, never mind, forget it. All right. So we're ending this sucker, huh? I think it's time. All right. Yeah. I think so too. I'm getting tired. We've had it. <laughs> All right. We'll burn these notes and we're done with this. For now. Yep. So. Thanks for uh, joining us again. Yeah. As glad always. You, thank you. you. Glad you came back. Yeah. This, this might be the last time though. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll try to do better in the future. This was a rough one. A lot of ins, a lot of outs. I say that every episode, though, I think. <laughs> when we actually are forced to do some research, here's the problem. We're not getting together on our notes and covering things. Uh, yeah. I go out. He goes in. Yeah, we, we're going to work on that, too. Yeah. We had we talked about that in, our, I think, our last episode, kind of what we were plans for the future. Yeah. That will be one of our improvements. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, the content is king, as they say. So we're doing the research. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it reminds me. We're of, just not presenting it in a uh, uh, way that's uh, you know good, easily digestible. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, thanks for listening. As always, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. All that jazz. You know the usual. Televex podcast on Instagram and whatever it is on Twitter. I got on there the other day. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I rarely go on there. I don't understand Twitter. I don't get it. What is there to get? Like with Reddit, for instance. Reddit's a shithole, by the way. I love Reddit. It's my favorite of all the social meds. But you get on Reddit, you type in whatever you're looking for. There's a subreddit, and there's a comment in that subreddit. How to do whatever. And then there's comments on that post on how to do that. With Twitter, it's just a free-for-all... I don't know. I don't understand how to find what I'm looking for. I don't get... All right, boomer. I know. I don't understand it. I don't get it, and I don't give a shit enough to learn. That's now you the can main search problem. things the same way you can there, too. Is there a sub-Twitter? No. Is no. there a war between Reddit and Twitter? Do people nah. prefer one or the other? I'm sure there are, you know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so do that. Tellyvex.com. Uh, Send us a message. Leave a comment. And tell a friend, everybody. Huh? Sure. Uh, I think that's it. So until next time, we'll see you. See you around. See you around the way. See you, bye. <laughs>